Welcome to Music for Life, enhancing the Armstrong concert experience. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. In today's episode, we will explore some of the exquisite instrumental repertoire to be performed at Armstrong Auditorium by the highly acclaimed Bach Collegium Japan under the leadership of Masaki Suzuki. The group is coming to Armstrong on Tuesday, December 4th as part of a rare North American tour and will be performing a wide variety of Baroque masterpieces on Baroque instruments, which is sure to be a treat in the intimate acoustics of Armstrong Auditorium. So stick around as we explore all this today on Music for Life. One of my favorite concerts of all time in Armstrong Auditorium was when the Venice Baroque Orchestra came with mandolinist Avi Avital. What I especially liked was hearing a group play on ancient instruments within the crisp, intimate acoustics of Armstrong Auditorium. See, back in the Baroque era, many of the instruments we know today would have had a different timbre. And the Venice Baroque Orchestra performed music from this era on period instruments or instruments from that time period or constructed as they were in that time period. So whenever you hear of an early music ensemble or a period ensemble, that's what people are referring to. This historically accurate reenactment is such a treat and a rare trip back in time for your ears. So I'm very excited that we have another period ensemble coming to Armstrong Auditorium this season and one of the most respected ensembles of this kind, the Bach Collegium Japan, under the leadership of Masaki Suzuki. I plan to spotlight this group, its conductor, and their history more on our next episode, as well as the soprano joining them. But let's get right into discussing their program and getting you excited for these Baroque masterpieces coming to Armstrong. They will be performing Johann Sebastian Bach's Orchestral Suite No. 2 in B minor, then Vivaldi's Concerto Grosso in D minor, Opus 3, Number 11, then a cantata by Francesco Conti, Languet Anima Mea, which will feature the English soprano Joanne Lunn, then an intermission, and then in the second half they will perform Alessandro Marcello's Oboe Concerto in D minor, Telemann's Paris Quartet No. 1 in D major, and then finish with Handel's Motet Silete Venti, again featuring soprano Joanne Lunn. I plan to talk about the two vocal works in our next episode, as well as the Concerto Grosso by Vivaldi, but we'll discuss all the other instrumental works on this episode. The Suite was a common genre of music for composers to write in the Baroque era, where they could demonstrate their ability to write music in the various dance styles prevalent in the French court of the day, which was all the rage in Central Europe at that time. Some suites are for solo instruments, but Bach wrote four orchestral suites in his lifetime, and though he preferred writing sacred music, lighter and festive works like these helped put bread on the table, so to speak. This suite is believed to be written in the early 1720s, and it begins, as these suites would, with an overture. This would precede the dance movements to follow. Now, this overture follows the French style of overture at the time, a slow and stately opening section, and then a fast polyphonic section, meaning various melodic lines happening simultaneously. But Bach does something unusual where he uses material from the slow introduction to end 
this movement. Let's hear this opening movement. We're going to be listening to a recording I have of Trevor Pinnock leading the English concert.
That was the overture from JS Box Orchestral Suite Number no. Two in a recording of Trevor Pinnock leading the English concert. This work will be performed at Armstrong Auditorium Tuesday, December fourth, opening the program for the Bach Collegium Japan. So we are exploring this work on today's program, among a few other Baroque masterpieces to be performed on that December 4th concert. As stated earlier, the movements that would follow the overture in a suite are all based on various dance styles prevalent in the French court of the day. The second movement is called Rondo, and the third movement is titled Sarabande. We discussed some of what these titles meant in an early episode of Music for Life. You can check out episode 12 on the folk element, since many of these dances were based on folk dances from Europe. Also, episode 24 talks about the influence of dance on musical forms, which would also discuss these sweet movements from the Baroque era. The Sarabande, which we are hearing here, was always a three-beat-per-bar slower dance probably with roots back to a Spanish folk dance. After the Sarabande, we have a lively beret movement, as the beret was rooted in a French clog dance. Let's hear that movement. Again, we're hearing a recording of the English concert under Trevor Pinnock. was the lively Boré movement from the Orchestral Suite No. 2 by J.S. Bach in a recording of the English concert under Trevor Pinnock. We are talking about this festive work by Bach in the lead-up to the Bach Collegium Japan's performance of it at Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, December 4th. The next movement in this suite is called Polonaise, 
And though polonaise sounds like a delicious condiment, it is in fact a Polish folk dance. This particular polonaise appears to be Bach's adaptation of an actual Polish folk song. Let's hear this movement now.
We just heard the English Concert under Trevor Pinnock in the Polonaise from Bach's Orchestral Suite No. 2, a movement that Bach based not just on the rhythmic meter of the Polish folk dance, the Polonaise, but even a tune from a Polish folk song. The next movement of this suite was the famous dance known as the Minuet, a style that we've discussed at length on this program. But let's skip to the next and final movement of the suite, the lively Badaneri, which is the French equivalent of the Italian scherzo, meaning a sprightly, light-hearted piece. This piece really shows off the solo flute in the orchestra, and it's an energetic way to end such a festive work by J.S. Bach. is Music for Life, and you are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we are exploring some of the exquisite instrumental repertoire to be performed at Armstrong Auditorium by the highly acclaimed Bach Collegium Japan under the leadership of Masaki Suzuki. This group is coming to Armstrong on Tuesday, December 4th on a rare North American tour and will be performing a wide variety of Baroque masterpieces on Baroque instruments. And today we are discussing works on the program by Bach, Marcello, and Telemann. We just heard the lively final movement from J.S. Bach's Orchestral Suite No. 2 in B minor, the work which will open the Bach Collegium Japan's program, though we were hearing a recording there of Trevor Pinnock leading the English concert. To open the second half of their program, the Bach Collegium Japan will be performing Alessandro Marcello's Oboe Concerto in D minor. Marcello was an Italian composer born in Venice in the Baroque era. He was also a nobleman, born the son of an Italian senator. He was the older brother of a more well-known Baroque composer, Benedetto Marcello. Alessandro's oboe concerto is perhaps his best-known work, and it certainly garnered him the respect of J.S. Bach, who transcribed that piece for harpsichord. Now, as you probably know, a concerto means a work for solo instrument or small group of instruments, 
and a fuller ensemble. So basically a work for soloist and orchestra. So this piece features the oboe over the larger ensemble. As was typical of concerti, this work is in three movements, and in the Baroque era, these movements were usually short, as is the case with this work. Let's hear the first movement now. This is a recording with Marcel Poncela on the Baroque oboe, who was also conducting the ensemble Il Gardellino. That was the first movement of Alessandro Marcello's most well-known composition, the Oboe Concerto in D minor. We're listening to a recording with Marcel Poncela leading the ensemble Il Gardellino, as well as performing as soloist on the Baroque Oboe. 
We will hear it, of course, at Armstrong Auditorium by the Bach Collegium Japan, which is performing here as part of a rare North American tour on Tuesday, December 4th. Now, the second movement of this work, as we would expect, is the slow movement, and it is arguably the greatest. You're going to love this. It is so gorgeous, and it really needs no introduction. Enjoy.
That was the exquisitely beautiful, and not long enough if you ask me, second movement of Alessandro Marcello's Oboe Concerto in D minor, which will be performed on our stage here at Armstrong by the Bach Collegium Japan under Masaki Suzuki, Tuesday, December 4th. We are discussing this work here today while listening to a recording of Marcel Poncela on the Baroque Oboe, who is also conducting the ensemble Il Gardellino in that recording. The third movement, again true to form, is quick, and it is marked with the Italian word for that, presto. This movement is also a great example of the Baroque practice of contrasting the solo next to the orchestra by having the one answered by the many. It sounds much like a conversation between the soloist and the ensemble. Listen for that in this lively final movement of Alessandro Marcello's Oboe Concerto in D minor. That was the presto finale to the Oboe Concerto in D minor by Alessandro Marcello. Again, we were listening to a recording with Marcel Poncela leading the ensemble Il Gardellino, as well as performing as soloist on the Baroque Oboe. 
This work will be featured on the Bach Collegium Japan's December 4th program at Armstrong Auditorium. This piece is set to open the second half, followed by Georg Philippe Telemann's Paris Quartet No. 1 in D major. Telemann was a talented Baroque composer and instrumentalist. He was born in Germany in 1681, and by the time he had reached the age of 10, he had taught himself to play the violin, flute, keyboard, and zither. He had to do so secretly because he was forbidden to study music. His path was to be a lawyer, like so many composers of history, which we talked about in episode 42. In 1701, he went to Leipzig University with the intention of studying law, but soon found his attention directed toward restructuring the Collegium Musicum, the music society of college students there. And the rest is history. Now, what are these Paris quartets? Well, Telemann actually wrote two sets of chamber music pieces that are known as the Paris quartets, one set published in 1730 and one in 1737. So there are actually two quartets called number one, but we'll be hearing the first quartet of the second set of Paris Quartet. So Paris Quartet number one from 1737. Now, Telemann just called the first set of six suites quadri, or quartets, so a set of six pieces for four instruments. The second set of six suites, written while in Paris, bear the French title which translates to new quartets, and eventually musicians started referring to both sets as the Paris quartets. Again, we'll be hearing the first of this second set of suites, which would more properly be Parisian, since this set was composed in Paris. The four instruments required for this quartet are the flauto traverso, which was called such because it was played sideways, but that's the way we're used to seeing a flute today anyway. It also called for a violin, as well as a viola da gamba, which was an ancient bowed string instrument most resembling our cello. And then the work called for a keyboard instrument like the harpsichord. These works were apparently well-received when first heard in Paris. Telemann is quoted as saying, The admirable performances of these quartets won the attention of the ears of the court and the town and procured for me in a very little time an almost universal renown and increased esteem. The 1737 Paris Quartet No. 1 is in six movements. The first is marked Prelude Vivement. So it's the opening movement indicated by the word prelude, and it's fast, as the French tempo marking indicates. This is a recording on period instruments. Monica Huggett on the violin, Wilbert Hazelset on the flauto traverso, Sarah Cunningham on the viola da gamba, and Gary Cooper on the harpsichord.
That was the fast prelude or first movement from Georg Philipp Telemann's Paris Quartet No. 1, a suite from a set of six suites composed in Paris in 1737, and which garnered the composer a lot of positive press in Paris. As we explore this work, we're hearing a recording of Monica Huggett on the violin, Wilbert Hazelzett on the flute, Sarah Cunningham on the viola da gamba, and Gary Cooper on the harpsichord. The second movement is marked tendrement, or tenderly, and it contrasts the fast first movement, as we might expect of a second movement. Let's hear that movement now. That was the tender second movement, marked tendrement, on the score from the Paris Quartet No. 1 by Telemann. We're hearing a recording of Monica Huggett on the violin, Wilbert Hazelset on the flute, Sarah Cunningham on the viola da gamba, or basically the ancient cello, and Gary Cooper on the harpsichord. But the work will be performed at Armstrong Auditorium by the Bach Collegium Japan on December 4th as part of their rare North American tour this season. As we discuss the third movement now, Telemann picks up the tempo, as we might expect, in a movement marked Vite, or Quick. This is an exciting movement. Enjoy. Thank you. 
That was the quick third movement of Telemann's Paris Quartet No. 1. Again, we're hearing a recording of Monica Huggett on the violin, Wilbert Hazelzett on the flute, Sarah Cunningham on the ancient cello-like instrument known as the viola da gamba, and Gary Cooper on the harpsichord. But the work, again, will be performed here at Armstrong by the Bach Collegium Japan on December 4th, and that's why we're exploring that on this program today. I'll pair the next two movements together, movements four and five. The fourth movement is marked gaiement, or gaily, or happily. The one following it is marked moderément, or moderately. The first of these is in the key of D major, whereas the second, the moderément, is in the relative key of B minor and creates more of a melancholy atmosphere before the cheery final movement.
You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we have explored some of the exquisite instrumental repertoire to be performed at Armstrong Auditorium by the highly acclaimed Bach Collegium Japan, under the leadership of Masaki Suzuki. This group is coming to Armstrong on Tuesday, December 4th, on a rare North American tour. More information on this event can be found at armstrongauditorium.org. This ensemble will be performing a wide variety of Baroque masterpieces on Baroque instruments. And today we have discussed works on the program by Bach, Alessandro Marcello, and Telemann. The final work on their program will be this Paris Quartet No. 1 in D major from the 1737 set of these quartets by Georg Philippe Telemann. We just heard the fourth and fifth movements marked gaiement and moderément, gaily and moderately. We'll conclude today's episode, though, by playing the sixth and final movement of this quartet number one in D major. Like the third movement, this one is also marked vite or quick. Again, we've been hearing a recording with flutist Wilbert Hazelzet, violinist Monica Huggett, with Gary Cooper on the harpsichord, and Sarah Cunningham on the ancient cello-like instrument, the viola da gamba. I hope you enjoy this lively finale to this exquisite work, and I hope to see you soon at Armstrong.
You have been listening to Music for Life, a production of KPCG 101.3 on the FM dial in Edmond, Oklahoma. From the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus, I'm Ryan Malone. Thanks for joining me.